I'm eating it up like it's fucking peanut butter on a piece of fucking toast. We are back. Another week, another episode of Jubilee Street, a Nick Cave podcast. I'm here with my lovely host, Jake Curtis. My name is Ian McCurtis. Here on Jubilee Street, a Nick Cave podcast, we talk about a different Nick Cave song every week. That's what we do on Jubilee Street, a Nick Cave podcast, because this is Jubilee Street, a Nick Cave podcast. This week, the song we're talking about is 15 Feet of Pure White Snow. She's long gone Where is Mary? She's taken her along But they haven't put their mittens on And there's 15 feet of pure white snow How wah 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 tell you something 15 Feet of Pure White Snow might be my favorite song we've reviewed slash discussed on the podcast so far. It's a banger. I'm glad that you liked it. I didn't know how you would feel about it. It is by far the most like straightforward rock and roll song that I've we've listened to on the pod so far. And I think I speak for King Curtis and all the Curtises out there that this is just as good as chicken nuggets, if not better. If not better. Yeah, it, this is the first one that you could, like, headbang to or, you know, like you said. The Absolutely. First rock, like, straight-up rock song. Before we get too far into talking to the song, I do want to uh, bring up something I saw today. Nick Cave started this YouTube channel during this, like, quarantine COVID period called Bad Seeds TV. And it's just like a 24-hour-a-day YouTube channel of like all kinds of like archival footage and music videos and all kinds of stuff. And every now and then, I'll just like if I'm bored, I'll just go to YouTube and throw it on for a couple minutes and see what's playing. And today, there was this clip from a movie that I've never seen before. It's called uh, Johnny Suede. Have you ever heard of it? No, never heard of that. So it's this 1991 movie starring Brad Pitt where he plays this, like, rockabilly dude trying to make it in the music industry. And yeah. Nick Cave plays, like, a, I guess, more seasoned musician that's, like, kind of helping him out. So it was this scene with Nick Cave and Brad Pitt, which was just so that's wild. That's awesome. Apparently, it was kind of an indie movie, and it got shown at a film festival. And there hmm. was, like, a scout there. Who I don't think the movie was very well liked, but the scout was like, this Brad Pitt dude is going to be a star. And he told Harvey Weinstein to buy the movie. So Harvey Weinstein bought the rights to the movie, even though he had never seen it, which is pretty unprecedented. Just because he had heard that uh, this random kid, Brad Pitt, was going to be a star. And I guess it all worked out. Fuck Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, fuck him. There's some cool, uh, it looks like Nick Cave is credited as a character named Freak Storm in that movie, which is pretty okay, awesome. Yeah, in, the, in the little scene I saw, he kept calling him Freak. The movie looks horrible. I'm not going to watch the whole thing, but Maybe we can do a, uh, like a B-movie, like a B-movie Bad Seeds episode or something. It's, like it's where we a B-movie, if not a C-movie. But it's wild <laughs> that Brad Pitt was in a movie with Nick Cave where Brad Pitt was like the less famous person at the time. Also, yeah, 
I looked at the IMDb for the movie. Samuel L. Jackson is in the movie too. That dude. Yeah. Is in, he's in everything. Yeah, especially in the early '90s, he pops up in so many different movies. Uh, and considering that Weinstein scooped this up, it, it and it came out in '91. There's a good chance that this might have been how. Samuel L. Jackson got into all those Tarantino movies in the oh, early to man, mid nineties. I, I didn't even think about that because, like, Weinstein yeah. did all the Tarantino movies, right? Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah. So he he founded Miramax with Bob Weinstein, and uh, Miramax, I'm pretty sure, made all of Tarantino's movies up until Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think he did with Sony. Listeners, check that. I don't feel like googling it right now, but something like that. But yeah, that's um, just some wild trivia. I never knew that. Yeah, that's really cool. I was um, like, that dude looks like Brad Pitt, but there's no way it's Brad Pitt. And I looked it up, and it was. His hair is fucking ridiculous. He definitely looks like it. Nick Cave is, is, is like this blonde pompadour, and so Brad Pitt has one too. It's not a good look. I'm about to look up an image of that right now. Um, so where do you want to start with this, Ian? So I'd like to start with the music video. Did you watch, Have you seen it? I loved the music video. I think it made the song even better for me. So, I didn't know I didn't know the song was a single. I don't think he really plays it live. It's not on the Greatest Hits collection. And I guess I just... I didn't know there was a video for it. So when I saw it, I also absolutely loved it. So, the like cinematography of it, and just the, the shots, the way the crowd's dancing, it looks so much like the music videos of the 2000s like it looked like the helena michael romance music video or like <laughs> killers music videos like yeah all those music videos from like 2000 to 2006 have this look to them paramore like all those pop punk bands so it was wild <sighs> to see a nick cave music video with that style well i what i found really interesting about the video is that it's very like they're shooting the people who are like either pretend videotaping it or and then they're showing like the smoke machine cues, and I think there's even moments where members of the band are out in the crowd dancing, like yeah, without. It's, it's, it gets really goofy. It's a really fun. And um, I mean, I find that the after reading through the lyrics, and I've listened to this. I listened to the song a couple times last night, with including the video, and then today I listened to it uh, this morning when I woke up, and I was kind of like just wanting to leave some room to think about it before the yeah. podcast, so. I didn't listen to it again, but um, so I looked up the guy who directed the video. His name is John Hillcoat, um, and he is from Australia. So he also apparently worked with Depeche Mode and actor Guy Pierce, and um, he did the uh, film adaptation of The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Which Nick uh, music for. Yeah, and actually, oh, okay, cool. So it's all connected, and then um, and then he directed he did, both of the movies Nick Cave wrote, Lawless and The Proposition. Uh, okay, so okay, cool. I see that now. Frequent collaborators. I also and it looks he, like. Oh, go ahead. No, interestingly enough, he um, he did two videos for Grinder Man. I think they're related, aren't they? Grinder Man is uh, yeah, Nick Cave's yeah, kind of more rock more heavy band he started maybe about 10 years ago and he did an episode called crocodile of black mirror which i'm not sure i've seen but uh i do like that show yeah that's a good episode if it's the one i'm thinking of he also it's... directed the silver and cold afi music video 
Oh, get the hell out of here. Which is exactly that kind of 2000s standard music video look I'm talking about. It looks like he directed that right after he did Babe, I'm on Fire, which is another Nick Cave song. Cool. Can't wait till we get to that one. It's not good. And he did, uh, oh, cool. He, uh, he, produ- he did the video for uh, this song, Jubilee Street. So uh, where to next? What do you want to talk but, about? Uh, I think this is a very simple – well, here, you go ahead. There's a few cameos in the music video. Well, I think there's a ton. I think most of the people are probably cameos, but I recognize Jarvis Cocker from Pulp. He's in there, uh, and he covered Red Right Hand for one of the seasons of Peaky Blinders. And then there's the actor – Noah Taylor, who's in um, Game of Thrones, he's one of those guys that just pops up in a lot of things. He's also in there. Oh, all right. I'm assuming, I'm assuming a lot of the people in the music video are probably cameos. It says, so at the beginning of the video, there's that, like, text that's in another language. Yeah. Apparently it says, uh, the building for the Central Committee of the Communist Party of Kazakhstan. And oh. If what I looked up is correct, that's actually where they filmed the music video was Kazakhstan in that video. Hmm. I wonder why they chose that location. So, I mean, I guess that brings us into talking about the actual song because, you know, if you filmed it in this building that was, you know, where a communist party was located, I think this song is about, like, feeling disconnected from people and not being able to relate to them because of all this, like, bullshit. I think that's what the 15 feet of pure white snow is. Hmm. So using like communist imagery is really perfect for that sentiment because, I mean, throughout the Red Scare, the Western world would just be like, fuck you, you're communist, you know, no matter Mm -hmm. how decent of a person you might be. So I think that's what the thinking was behind that location, but who knows? That is an awesome piece of trivia. I didn't take that impression myself with the song. Um... I got the impression that this song was simultaneously about, I think it's, I wrote here, it's probably about an OD and how good it feels to be high. And uh, that's, I think there's like sort of a celebratory nature to the way that he performs the song. And you said that they don't play it live a lot? No, so I looked, um, I don't know if you ever use that website, setlist.fm. You can look at like, what bands you can look up any band and it'll say their set list pretty much every night as long as someone is in so i looked up this song and they played it on the tour for this album and then it was not played again until like 2018 when nick cave started doing those solo shows busted really? it out again but so it hasn't Cause... been played in you know over 15 years which is also weird that it was a single but pretty much stopped being in the set list right after this album that's so strange because this song would easily be the one I would uh, mosh to if I were at a Nick Cave show. <laughs> Probably yeah. like put, pushing over all the 50-year-olds and stuff like that. So this album that the song is on, No More Shall We Part, is very much about drugs. This album was written while he was battling a heroin addiction and going through withdrawal and coming out the other end of it. This is sort of the album where he got clean. So, yeah, to what you said, this very much... I think on, like, if you just glaze over the lyrics, I think on the surface level, this is a song about drugs. You can easily say the pure white snow is like cocaine. There's a lot of, there's stuff about doctors and nurses 
I've always taken from this song, you know, I think any great piece of art works on two levels. There's like the surface level and then what it's actually about. And what I've, I've always taken is that it's actually about just feeling disconnected from people. There's that like, I waved to my neighbor, my neighbor waved to me, but my neighbor is my enemy. Just all these lines about kind of feeling apathetic. Um, and then a lot of religious imagery. There's the, you know, Michael, Mark, Luke, and John, or whatever. I don't know if he mentions all of them, but there's a lot of, like, Bible references, Mother Mary. And so I think it's, I don't know, this song is about so much, even though it's so simple. I think there's a lot about people using religion to write off other people. And then it ends with save yourself, kind of like, I don't need any of that. You know, sort of the I am my own, my own God idea that shows up so often in, like, punk music. There's a... It's listed as the pre-chorus on the lyrics on Genius.com, but it says, is there anybody out there, please? It's too quiet in here. I'm beginning to freeze. I've got icicles hanging from my knees. So um, this video reminded me a lot of this Gaspar Noe movie called Climax that I watched last year, which I really enjoyed. It's got an amazing soundtrack. And the beginning of the movie, you see this girl, like, I won't spoil too much, but she's running out into, like, a field of just snow and she's like covered in blood and she's like screaming and that's like the beginning of the movie and it's sort of a it's about i won't say much but i because i don't want to take away from it but basically all these dancers who had to apply to be in this uh renowned dancing troupe uh are all sort of staying the night and they're partying all night up until they leave for the tour the next day and somebody spikes the punch and then shit gets fucking goes haywire but Sounds like Suspiria, there's a lot of kinda. it's incredibly similar to Suspiria. Uh, Gaspar Noe is like a very like controversial director. Um, listeners who know about him probably have seen like Irreversible and uh, Enter the Void. I think is a famous one by him. I have not seen either of those. Uh, I will probably he... uh, yeah, he's French. I want to say, um, okay. but listeners, check me on that. I'll check it later and we can fix it if so. Um, or not, you know, this is free. We're, we're just talking. We're just free. So my the reason I'm comparing it is that there are moments in that movie where, you know, people are like fucked up and they're just like trying to get a message through to someone. And there's just like somebody else who's like tripping balls and like fucking somebody like on the dance floor. Like it's just there's just a DJ table and there's just like somebody like there's just people like fucking on the floor, like writhing around, like laughing and you can kind of, I kind of felt like that energy was like happening, uh, in this video where it's like, you could have done like, uh, like a three hours later shot and there would have been like the dance floor would have been less crowded. People would have gone off into different areas of the, mm -hmm. the office, you know, they would have been doing other shit. They, it could have gotten like dark, you know, like maybe not, but that's kind of what the, and that's why I liked it because that's usually how a good like party or, or dance show or like electronic show that's usually how it feels it's it's very like visceral and i think that's it's almost like this song could be like a drug anthem if it weren't so much like there weren't so much healing going on for nick cave like i think the raise your hands up to the sky you know i i always think about how in his live the live performances i've seen him him he's uh the viewers won't see but he's always like putting his arms up and like kind of like it's like he's doing his own kind of like gospel kind of performance yeah, of totally. his music and i think you're r really on it with the 
the religious references. And I think it's, to me, face level, it's like, I'm alone, I'm hurt, I'm addicted, and I my body is in pain. And all of the people who I read about in this book who are supposed to help me aren't here. Where did I go wrong? And you're just like sinking deeper and deeper into this. I just imagine him sinking deeper and deeper into the snow, which is obviously snow is often like a euphemism for like Coke or heroin or, you know, any sort of like dust that you can snore. Stands will know what we're talking about. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Um, All the Coke rap fans out there. Shout out the Coke rap fans. So um, (laughs) they're listening in droves. You know, I always, I always feel like I want to take these songs in like a sad direction, but it is a sad song. Like there's, but there's a sadness in healing and there's a sadness in like feeling stuck in something and 15 feet of pure white snow could be drugs or it could be, you know, the trauma that you had from childhood that you're just like stopping yourself from accomplishing the thing you want to accomplish or you don't think you're good enough for somebody that you're like wanting to date or anything, you know? Yeah, the... So you brought up that director, something the music video made me think of was like Kafka, just like the bizarre situation of it, even though it's in like Mm -hmm. a really normal looking room with normal looking people, just that kind of Kafka energy of like trying to do something really mundane, but all this crazy shit happening that won't let you do it, you know, kind of like what happens in dreams. The music video made me think... You know, I think the beauty of this song is that it says a ton while saying very little. But the music video made me kind of take the song in like a more meta sense. In that the 15 feet of pure white snow is like whatever bullshit is holding you back from what you're actually trying to do. And the raise your hand up to the sky, you know, talking about a concert. And it may be in the people dancing in the video, maybe representing people who listen to the music but don't really understand what is being said, you know? Kind of like the sure. Nirvana in Bloom. You know, he's the one who likes all our pretty songs and likes to shoot his gun, but you don't know what it means. That same idea of like, yeah, you dance at the concert and sing along, but you have no idea what is actually being said. Oh, yeah, well put. It's like somebody who likes a band without knowing their lyrics. Yeah, or knows their lyrics, but has no... You know, like, there's been all those, like, Republican people who have been, like, uh, raging in the machine needs to shut the fuck up and stop being political. Like, they just totally missed the point Yeah. of what that band was trying to do. And I think all artists go through that, where you end up getting fans, and then the fans don't get out, don't get from your art what you wanted them to get from it. I always think about, there's definitely cops out there who just listen to uh, Killing in the Name of, and they just get the complete wrong message from that song. Sure. Or cops that love hip-hop and just there's tons of cops who i guarantee love nwa and there's just like a disconnect there you know well yeah and uh you know there's a really good scene in uh, that tv show atlanta season one episode two where uh paperboy is like leaving uh he they got arrested for something uh it's in i had forgotten how surreal that first season is like uh, things just happen and they're never really fully followed through or explained but yeah they're continuing to be talked about like, you know, Paperboy shot somebody, but it's like he never goes to jail in the show for that. He never goes to trial. Like, those things just seem to be, like, there's a lot of magical kind of stuff that happens in the narrative there. But there's a cop who stops him, and he's like, yo, man, what's up? 
let's get a let's get a I want to get a photo you know can mm-hmm. can we get one for the for the ladies or something like that for the oh what's he say he's like one for the insta hose <laughs> <laughs> uh so so good man and and yeah you know like, I mean plays off those weird situations he just deadpans anything bizarre I love it's it so good and and the same episode he he has that scene where he like there's these kids who are like pretending to shoot each other and he's like there's little kids like he's like I'm paper boy you're gonna die bitch and uh he walks up and he's like yo y'all shouldn't play like you, you shouldn't play about guns like that's not funny um and they don't know who he is yeah. <laughs> uh so uh anyway um not to get too off topic from Nick Cave but I I do think that there's like a disconnect for people weirdly enough and sort of going back to what you were saying about uh, the party scene in the video, like sort of being like a free yourself from the resistance of life. Um, you know, you could just completely misunderstand something, but find we could be, personal. We could very well be misunderstanding the song right now. I think about that all the time. I, I can't wait until we start getting more people writing in and like arguing with us because I'm really new to this stuff. Like this material is just, I'm just taking it. Like I listened to the song a couple times and mm-hmm. you know, we go, I go on the podcast to talk to you about it, Dean. And, um, I'm really just flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah. This, this is a weird one to hear. Um, kind of singular because this album is so much about like withdrawal and getting clean that this is a strange one to hear without like the context of the full narrative. But yeah, I, I think, think a lot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Just like, what do you mean? Just like hearing the songs solo? Yeah. So I think it's going to, it would be an interesting experience to, like, I, I obviously am making time to listen to the full albums more as we go on, yeah. sort of as I garner more interest and more knowledge about the band. So I do wonder, like, how much more or less powerful is this song in context to the album? So that'll be something. Uh, to explore uh, further down the road. I see this album as kind of the end of the first era of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. So I kind of like split it up into two eras. But this is like the 12th album or something like that. It's just crazy that there's that much material. But so I see this album and the song is kind of the end of the first era. It's got a lot of the prettiness of like the boatman's call but also that bass line is super jazzy and reminiscent of like the birthday party and the first couple of bad seeds albums it kind of has like everything he had ever done up to that point all rolled together in a ball and then after this album you have Nocturama, which i don't even count that album's horrible i think most people agree with that i know some people ride hard for that album and then after that, you have Abattoir Blues, which I think kind of sets off the modern era in Nick Cave, because there's a huge difference between what he's doing here and what he'll end up doing like three or four years later, up until now. But yeah, uh, speaking think- of the, uh, what record did you say, Nocturama? Uh, I saw some pretty funny memes about that. I joined one of the Nick Cave Facebook groups, uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Memes, um, uh, just well, to sort of like, you know. That's a great name. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Um, uh, obviously, con- the context was a little lost on me because I'm uh, a newer fan, but uh, it seems like it has like kind of a negative view from some of the fan base at large. Yeah, some people really defend... There's a few songs in particular that we'll get to in 
I'm curious to see what you think of them, but I would say his three worst songs easily are on that album by far. And I think That's a interesting. People, a lot of people kind of look over that one. They go from this one to Avatar Blues. You know? Yeah, that's. I, I find that so fascinating because um, you're holding it just one record being some of the worst songs. So that's bear, that's that seems to like bear good tidings for the other albums in his discography if this is if that's like as bad as it it's going to get yeah i mean he doesn't really ever miss so i don't know how many albums he has at this point 20 or whatever only having one bad one is pretty good so uh when i was reading through the genius lyrics it took me to the lyrics to so there's the line i mentioned earlier uh, I kept waving my hand, my arms till I could not see under 15 feet of pure white snow. Mm-hmm. So in the annotations on Genius, it took me to the birthday party song, Waving My Arms. Uh, do you know that album? I don't know that song. I, I, I'm not super well versed in the birthday party. So I haven't heard this song, but I did read the lyrics. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a line, and we, we, won't get, we won't get to sleep for 50,000 years. We won't get to sleep for maybe five minutes. Which I thought was kind of interesting in, in how the video is shot because the way that that song is, is that you could probably put it on loop. And I think it would, if you were playing in the background of a party, it could just go forever. And I think that, that was one of the reasons why I thought it was like an OD because I've never overdosed. I've, I've never really done enough drugs to experience that. I've only, you know, drink into excess, which usually I just fall asleep. Um, people who know me know that. I will fall asleep at the drop of a hat. You never know when I'll fall asleep. Uh, we could be having pillow talk maybe while or driving. just maybe while driving. Um, ideally not while driving. Uh, Haley, if you're listening, I will not be falling asleep at the wheel anytime soon. Not but the last time. I, I think that there's a lot of times where parties sort of have that mentality of like, you know, fuck it, throw your arms up in the air, mm-hmm. wave them like you just don't care, you know? And... Uh, I mean, that's why there's a lot of tragic stuff that happens and with those kind of mindsets, but, um, I love this song. I really do. In fact, I'll probably listen to it, uh, a couple more times this week. Um, and I really hope that maybe he plays it for that idiot prayer show. Um, maybe he does like a, a cover of it or or not a cover, (laughs) but like a, like his own, like newer version of it. Since I guess it's almost a 20 year old song. Uh, interesting enough, this isn't like relevant probably, but this album came out before September 11th. So uh, we were 10 when this song came out. And, you know, I always wonder like uh, like how impacted all the artists were at that time, Nick Cave included, to a sort of globally covered event. I had the same thought. I don't know if this is a, just an American thing or throughout the whole world, but yeah, as soon as I see anything is released in 2001, I immediately am like, okay, was this before or after September 11th, and was it influenced by that, you know? Well, so many things I've heard and watched that came out after that or were airing during that, like The Sopranos was the most recent example. So I finished that early this year. I think it's my new favorite show. I think it's one of the best shows ever made. Highly recommend it. Anyone that hasn't seen it should watch it. And um, two of the actors from the show are doing a podcast right now where they like break down the episodes. 
I think it's just called like Talking Soprano or oh, Soprano Sessions or something. No, that's a book. I, I'll, uh, I, I'll, I'll try to share it on the next episode if anybody messages us or anything. But in the middle of the, the show, like season two, season three or some, somewhere about, they talk about 9-11 all the time. And, you know, they're all like Italian mobsters. So they're all kind of baseline racist. And they bring up a lot of stuff about like terrorists. And um, weirdly enough, the mobsters in the show are strangely conservative. But uh, I guess that makes a good amount of sense. Um, a lot of money, a lot of special. Interest. Yeah, it, typically it seems like, especially in light of current news, uh, sex traffickers tend to be Republicans. So, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. Maybe not. Uh, hot take. Who, who knows? One of the weirdest things, whenever I think about September 11th, um, the band Leftover Crack, who I love, their first album came out on September 11th, 2001, which is just crazy, crazy because. They're so anti-American, and it's just the craziest coincidence. And then on their second what a band. album, on their second album, they have a little like introduction, and they refer to the first album as the Tower Toppling, Mediocre Generica. That's the name of the album, and the <laughs> the cover of the second album is like the Twin Towers falling. Man, every time I hear about Leftover Crack, I I always want to go back and listen to to them because I did not really listen to them past whenever I was around you and Cody. Yeah, they are one of the craziest, just like genre hopping bands. But how crazy to be a political punk band and your first album comes out on September 11th? What are the odds? Yeah. What are the odds? I know you yeah. are a you're a fan of jazz. What do you think about the beginning of the song? That like drum and bass groove. Oh, it's awesome. To me, is like straight up out of like a blue note jazz record. Yeah, uh, I I. I I don't ha call any comparisons to mind, but it's, I mean, that's what makes a song like knock so hard is it's like, uh, it's just, it starts off like that, just that bass lick and the, the drums, like it's just so smooth and, you know, infectious, which a lot of great jazz is, is like that. And, you know, these guys are all great musicians, so it, 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 it makes total sense that they'd be pulling inspiration from different cuts of music pretty frequently. I saw that. So that beginning, I don't know if it's a drum set being played or like auxiliary percussion. And I saw that there was this guy who played on this song named, uh, Jim Sklavunos, uh -huh. who it looks like he does like auxiliary percussion for the bad seeds here and there throughout like the whole period. And I think he tours with them, but it says he was, um, the drummer for Sonic Youth for a bit. Oh, get out of here. Which is pretty cool. But, yeah, between that, like, jazzy intro and then the way the song ends, I think this song is so influenced by, like, black culture, which I feel like almost everything Nick Cave do does is very influenced by black musicians. But that jazz intro and then the end of the song, it morphs into this almost, like, 50s rock and roll almost like gospel feel which you know was all invented by black people and i guess just with everything going on with like black lives matter and stuff right now it was hard not to think about what influenced the song well all, all of the songs we've listened to we've been able to relate to current events um which is either a testament to our ability to compare things to our current reality or just the fact that nick cave writes songs that are oftentimes so brilliant that you can just they're 
there either there's some sort of cosmic force lining up these songs perfectly for you and I to re to review during this timeline. I don't know how it is in your timeline right now. Mm -hmm. um, they're probably doing a podcast and talking about like only Nocturama or something. That that podcast probably just likes Nocturama. So you know how like Joe Rogan is the most popular podcast on this on this earth. Oh yeah, strangely. I would say it's probably the most downloaded podcast at least in America. So he was a you know like a reality game show host, right? He hosted Fear uh -huh. Factor. Uh-huh. On the earth I come from, the most popular podcast is hosted by Regis Philbin from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> and that's the most popular podcast in the world. And it's the What's same... the podcast called? Did the Reg uh the Regis uh what's his last name? Philbin? Philbin? Philbin. The Regis Philbin effect. And he just smokes yeah. people and it's the same thing like long form interviews. Yeah, so like whenever they do like the mailbox, it's like, all right, let's check the Philbin. Uh <laughs> looks like you we know, got a letter from Mike Tyson. I don't listen to it, but I, I hope they do that. Yeah, you know, it's God, your timeline's so weird that people very similar but very different. Yeah, like instead of apples and oranges, they say apples and grapes. I do uh, prefer it there because I was a wealthy musician and yeah, you know, you were, I think back that you were telling me that you had a record that charted really high in the pig Latin speaking demographic, which is very strange. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not even know that that was a demographic. I don't, I, I checked the it's, U.S. charts and it's, it's weird here too. I don't even think it exists. It's like an inside joke that I can't really explain to people living on this. Earth. <laughs> uh, inside joke. I hope to be a part of that one someday. <laughs> but... Uh, so going back to the song, because that's what we're here for on Jubilee Street, Nick K Podcast. Beep. This song, I think, is the perfect example of how to do, like, an angsty song as you mature. He was probably, like, 40 years old when this song came out. And it's super, you know, it's got that angsty, youthful energy, but it doesn't feel like he's trying too hard to be something he's not. It's not, like, embarrassing to be 40 and singing the song. I thought of like Green Day and Blink-182 and all these bands that we grew up with that are still trying to do the kind of songs they did when they were 20, and it just fails, you know? Yeah, the song has that kind of like nervous energy to it that somebody who's like an older musician playing this kind of music might really fuck up, but Nick Cave just, it's just very mature while also being appealing to like a, like, I mean, I live in a in an apartment complex and I trust most of my neighbors, but there's definitely a couple of them. I don't and push comes to shove. If something were to happen, obviously, you know, you never know what your neighbor could be. And I think that line especially sticks out, uh, as long as well as like, would you please put down that telephone? Everything starts to get like, especially because of COVID-19 and we're all at home, uh, at least the ones who are trying to be safe are, uh, or care, care about their fellow human being. It's very much like an echo chamber being old. You start to get set in your ways and like, you can't help but think that at this age, Nick Cave was just like, Jesus Christ, like I'm just lucky to be alive. I was so close to the bottom and he crawled his way out of the hole and he's still making some of the best music ever of his career uh, t up, up to now, you know? Yeah, that is crazy, the consistency. Not many people can stay relevant into their 60s and who knows how long he'll keep putting out great albums 
The the other interesting thing about Nick Cave, which might be why I think you like him so much, Ian, is that I know you're you're a fan of Kanye West music, and a lot of these lyrics kind of sound like something Kanye would write. Like, I could see where is Michael, where is Mark, where is Matthew. Now it's getting dark. Where is John? You know, they're all out and back. I would, where I would love a Kanye cover of a Nick Cave song. How great would that be? Like, it would be really cool. But uh, I, I think, think it's just have, they both have giant personas and probably giant egos. I do think I'm not drawn to those kind of people in real life, but I do think as far as artists, I am. I'd love to see a Nick Cave biopic or like a documentary about him that's about his childhood because with all of the biblical references, like it's not a, it's clearly like, I mean, allegorical references from what I learned from dating back to when I was in high school in my AP English class, Mm -hmm. allegorical references are so like important and symbolic in writing, but they're also like prevalent in his and I, a lot of my stuff was like that, but I went to a Catholic school. I had a very different idea of God. I think I heard this really interesting take on this. I think if you grew up not having to worry about safety, if you had, you know, if you were comfortable, if your family could provide for you as a kid, it, a lot of those people didn't end up, they ended up being like agnostic or atheist from a young age. But I think that the argument is that for black people or, you know, any, any like poor folks, black or brown or white, you know, religion is an important thing to sort of get you through because yeah, you're you have to, you have to imagine paradise. It's different when you sort of already have, you know, a middle-class paradise or an upper or super upper-class paradise, you know? And I, I found that to be really striking because I definitely think there's some privilege for me being like, oh, well, I'm from a young age. I was like, fuck God, you know, like I'm an atheist. And it definitely seems like Nick Cave may not be outwardly religious, but he is absolutely reckoning with something in this song. And he is being, you know, he is looking at himself from the outside in and he is so free on this song because it's like, you know what? I was so buried at one point and now i question everything but i never take it for granted yeah whenever he gets spiritual it reminds me less of like a christian spirituality and way more of like the ram das pete holmes kind of vibe absolutely you know you're your own god finding it in yourself finding it in everything that's what i I always liked about pete i like this energy so much 100 percent agree i i I like that sort of spirituality better than I like the sort of cut and dry Christianity where it's just, you know, we're acting like we're being nice because we're going on mission trips and we're donating to the church. But in actuality, we're not doing much to help anyone else or even ourselves. It's sort of like a ruse. Uh, Sort of the last thing I want to touch on for at least my uh, ideas on the song is I wanted to mention... So he has a line, where's my nurse? I need some healing. I've been paralyzed by this lack of feeling. I can't even find anything worth stealing. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how he just continues to repeat 15 feet of pure white snow because it's a pretty long song and the lyrics don't change very much. And I guess this was about how he got addicted to hospital provided opiates or replacements while he was in recovery. So yeah, no, I, I just took it as like him being in a lot of rehab centers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, that can also sort of explain the more spiritual, biblical kind of stuff he's oh, talking about sure. here. 
Because that's probably um, when you're going through those places, they probably are recommending the Bible left and right. Well, a bit. I'm, so I told you I'm rewatching The Wire, and I'm on season two now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of that show is there's a character named Bubbles who's in and out of uh, rehab and AA meetings throughout the entire run of the show, like five seasons. And in my world, that character was named Blossom. Blossom. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh shit! There's probably there's probably going to be a Buttercup in a different reality. Oh man, um, yeah, that's true. My brain's going to wrinkle. Let's digress on that point. Um, But when you're in rehab, there's a lot of AA meetings, and God is a huge part of AA. And I remember thinking, like, man, like, that's fucked up. Like, why would you – but I've never been been a recovering addict, so it seems to work for people. And I think the main thing when you are trying to get clean from my, you know, impression of it – because. I do not want to claim that I've ever been through something that's so difficult as giving up, um, you know, an addicting behavior. Cause I know that's really hard and we've lost people to those kinds of things. And a lot of times they're accidents and sometimes they're not. And, uh, while that's sad, I think like it's with, with recovering from addiction, it's, it's, it's very much like just an uphill battle constantly. And you need something to lean on when your idea of, paradise is in a tiny vial or in a syringe or you snorted up your nose you know so uh yeah and who knows maybe this song is about that the like how prevalent god is in these rehab centers because the end of the song you know is him saying raise your hands up to the sky and then he's just screaming save yourself at the end so maybe it's him being like fuck the way you're doing this like i'll figure this out on my own i don't need yeah i i couldn't have said it better myself I think it's celebratory. Uh, I think he's like clearly celebrating in the song that he's like, fuck you all. I got this. I'm going, you know, I'm helping myself. And at the end of the day, you only got yourself really. And if you got yourself, then you help somebody else's self. Yeah. I think it's the most celebratory song about like uh, rehab and drug addiction that you'll find. It's a great song. Uh, As we wrap up, I do want to shout out, a couple people. We've been getting emails uh, at jubileestreetpod at gmail.com. People writing in. Uh, even on my Instagram, someone uh, DM me. Shout out to Kurt from Detroit. Who, uh, what's up, Kurt? Message uh, me just to say what's up. Thanks, Kurt. But we got one email in particular from Shai, who lives in Tel Aviv, Israel, which is... You know, by far the furthest place away in the world we've gotten feedback from. Um, and, you know, we're both musicians not really being able to do what we normally do during this time. So it's really nice to feel connected to someone that far away from doing this podcast. You know, neither of us can be playing shows right now or doing music like we normally would. So that was just really cool. Um, Shy wrote in... Um, just to say hey, and then we were talking a bit, and he's a little bit older. I think he said he was like 45, and he said that Nick Cave is especially huge in Israel because when he was growing up, all the TV and media, I think, was like government-ran, so there was only one TV channel that played music, so whoever was manning that TV channel had like a crazy influence on the whole country because he was pretty much 
that person was pretty much choosing what the whole country was going to hear, you know? He said that the Pixies are, like, way bigger in Israel than they are in the rest of the world because I guess whoever was manning that station loved the Pixies. And he said Radiohead got huge in Israel way before they did in the rest of the world for the same reason, I'm guessing. But he says he remembers uh, Nick Cave being played on that channel a lot. And I guess just because of that, because everyone was watching this one channel, he became massive in Israel and remains so to this day. So yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Thank you, Shy, for reaching out. That was really Thanks, cool. Thanks, Shy. That was really cool. Um, we love and- seeing that stuff, guys. Like I when uh, Ian sent me Shy's email, like a screenshot of it, I instantly just like lit up. Like it was so cool to get outreach and um, especially such a positive one at that. So uh, guys, please write into the podcast, Jubilee Street Pod at gmail dot com. And uh, we have a little announcement. Uh, most people are probably tuned in on some sort of social media and saw this, but Nick Cave is doing a concert, a uh, solo concert, July 23rd, I believe. Do you know the date, Jake? Yeah, it's July 23rd. Uh, it's called Idiot Prayer, and they're doing a couple different showings. We're going to be watching, we're planning on watching the 7 p.m. showing, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, so we were just going to, you know, we're not in the same place at once, obviously. Uh, We were planning on, you know, watching half of it or most of it, and then we were going to hop on Zoom towards the end and just kind of talk about it, um, have some reactions, and we were going to throw it up on YouTube. Um, Hopefully immediately after that night, I can just throw it up there. But, yeah, be on the lookout for that. I'm really excited. This is kind of the first new content he's done as we've had this podcast so it'll be cool to be able to kind of react live to it and talk about it and hopefully if we throw it up on youtube we can you know have some conversations with some people through the comments on there but yeah be on the lookout for that hopefully that'll be up that uh thursday night or friday that'll probably be like a double whammy uh episode week because we'll have one coming out that monday um i guess that'll be the 19th of july and then there will be that one coming out basically the 23rd, night of the 23rd, early morning of the 24th it'll be available. So uh, Yeah, and I'll probably um, – we'll throw it up on YouTube, and then I'll try to take the audio, and we'll put that on the normal feed as well. Jake, are you ready for some ratings? You got anything else? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just all a, a flutter to give my rating, uh, but I want to hear yours first. I'm going to give this song a – Nine. I was, I'll was. i give it the same thing. I'm trying to limit this to like one or two tens per album. And there's another song or two I like a little bit more on No More Shall We Part. But this is, I mean, this is just a fucking great song. It's everything, like I said about this album, it's everything Nick Cave does kind of rolled into one song. It's a banger, and it's got a great groove, and it's pretty. It's just got it all. I agree with everything you said. Nothing else to add, really. It's my favorite song we've listened to on the pod so far. Um, it was, it was just, it was really fun because a lot of the early stuff, you know, like the like Magneto was pretty slow. Uh, Mercy Seat was like really noisy and droney, and this one was just like a yeah, like you know, like I'm air drumming right now. If you guys, you guys can't see me, but I'm air drumming. Like it's just, it's so it groovy nice and finally, delicious. To like finally get to a fun song. Because, yeah, we'd had yeah, some was, uh, downers. 
That's okay. We, we we we're an emotional group here on Jubilee Street Pod. We 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 run through the gamut of emotions. But yeah, I guess that uh, wraps it up. I guess I should say to everyone listening in America and really the rest of the world, please be safe. Wear masks. Don't go out if you don't have to. Shit's getting really bad. Get your shit together, America. Y'all had Jake, so fucking long to get your shit I, together. I know. It's really ridiculous. I don't want to go into too much. Uh, Jake, it's go ahead. If you it, want to go into it, it go, go ahead. It, I'm not going to get into it too much. I'm just going to say I want I just I just want to spread the message that anyone cuz we we get so many international listeners mm-hmm. everything that America has made the headlines for like calling Haiti a shithole country banning people the Muslim ban all the shit Trump did when he was in office he is literally getting slapped in his fucking face on 4th of July Arizona uh, Mexico closed their Arizona border crossing because they didn't want Americans to come into Mexico. How fucking ironic is that? I know. I like, love it. I, I love, love it. this shit, man. I'm, I'm eating it up. I'm trying to find the positivity in it, but it's like yeah, it, your hypocrisy is on blast, America. All these white fucking idiots who get put on camera and get fired from their jobs, I'm eating it up like it's fucking peanut butter <laughs> on a piece of fucking toast. Like, I... It is... All it needs is some jelly, you know? And... Keep exposing your all selves. You know, the cops that are quitting because they're 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 upset about all this shit, like, good, fucking quit. Stop killing black people. It's that simple. Wear a mask when you're on the job. Stop harassing women. Like, just stop. Do your fucking job. Protect people. Like, you're gonna get defunded, so you know, it's gonna happen. Just get get used to it. Go find another job. Be a bouncer. I don't know. Find find some other job where you can beat people up, or maybe just stop fucking beating people up. It's easy. You just don't hit anyone. You don't shoot anyone. <laughs> just read a book, watch a movie, listen to a Nick Cave song. Listen to a Nick Cave song. Listen to our podcast. You know. I couldn't anyway. have said it better myself. You brought up peanut butter and jelly. Oh I've man, had this, I've had this strange craving for peanut butter and jelly for like a month. I don't remember the last time I had one, and I've really. For like a month, I've wanted one, but I haven't gone to the store and bought jelly. Okay. I made one today for all the listeners oh, really? out there. Uh, I make one I probably like, every like, every week. I like smooth peanut butter with strawberry jelly. What, what did you go with? So I have some – I'm kind bread. of a uh, – sometimes they call me Squilliam Fancy Son, like the guy <laughs> from SpongeBob. When it comes to my PB&Js, I toast my bread in the oven. Uh, I just I don't really like our toaster we have so the oven works well I put it in there I get my peanut butter I've got some like peanut butter it's like a smooth it's still kind of like grainy mm-hmm. and then oh, yeah, uh, the bread comes out it's nice and hot and toasted put the peanut butter on there uh, man a video component would really help the viewers here or the listeners <laughs> um, I like a thick layer of peanut butter thick layer both sides that's how my dad always taught me both sides I'm a big peanut butter boy and then I got that going on there. The peanut butter's dripping off the sides of the bread. I put a little bit of raspberry jam. And let me tell you, might as well be a ham bone, because baby, you got a stew going. That you know? sounds so good. I also yeah. have blackberry jelly on a PB and J. 
I, I have tried, like, I love orange marmalade, apricot preserves. Like, if you can get some fresh sourdough bread and some apricot preserves, I know it sounds gross, but, like, a little bit of, like, I, I'm vegan, so I have, like, I put, like, a vegan butter spread on there, a little bit of the apricot jam or preserves. Oh, dude, I believe that. There's something about, like, if you go to Waffle House, like, butter and orange marmalade together. Oh, it's yeah. It's, like, this crazy good combination. It's great. I mean, apple butter is not a new concept. Like that's why that that those biscuits at Cracker Barrel were so good because mm. you know they were just buttery biscuits with a sweet, fruity glaze. Fruit makes everything better. Agreed. So yeah, you know, guys, this was a this Jake, was a great plug, episode. Plug your shit. So we're gonna plug. Uh, I have a new one I want to plug. Um, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, my name is Orange. Gemini with an underscore at the end at orange Gemini underscore uh, It's just my regular Instagram account, but um, all my music is in my bio there uh, As well as a link to our podcast if you if you for some reason had trouble finding it While you're listening to it. You can you got a whole resource there I'll be posting about the podcast from time to time on there among my flood of current events and black lives matter related stuff so um, give me a follow on there. Feel free to message uh, GabrielHa720 at gmail.com if you want to uh, send any emails about the podcast. And uh, I will be setting up uh, in the future. We're going to have an Instagram and a Facebook page set up. I'm just waiting on uh, my friend Joey is yeah, going to be doing some, some cool art. Coming he's going to be doing some artwork for us. Uh, so I think he's going to start working on that next week. And We'll probably do a little bit of a we'll, – we'll change up some of the pictures. So make sure you're subscribed and uh, leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can leave a review. That helps us out a lot. Yeah, I know and, that sounds like stupid bullshit people always say on podcasts, but it really does help. Yeah, it helps. It, to get us out there. And last thing I'm going to say, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for writing in. This has become such an awesome – just for me and Ian to talk to each other – because I, I barely get to see him ever since he got dropped in the Midwest earlier. Uh, yeah, this gives us a good uh, excuse to, you know, talk every week and feel like it's productive and, yeah, just catch up with each other. And, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Thank you, guys. Uh, Ian, what you got? So if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Ian McCurtis. Um, and that's about it. The podcast email is jubileestreetpod at gmail.com. I do want to recommend something here at the end. There's an album by this band Special Interest that just came out. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Is it good? It's really good. I think if anyone listening is a fan of the birthday party and that noisier, noisier kind of thing, it's like an industrial punk album that I think you would really dig. So, yeah. Just Check shout it out, out to them. Shout out Special Interest. Special and Interest. shout out Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh Shout out. Jubilee Street Podcast. Shout out. Ian McCurtis. Shout out. Jake Curtis. Shout out. Signing off. Oh, my Lord. Yeah.